Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Chatting with Nan. This is Natalie Jean. This is Natalie Jean. Today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Kristen Ford. Kristen Ford is a singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Her live looping show layers beatboxing harmonies, guitar, and drums, and has wowed audiences from Boston to Berlin, raucous pride festivals to pin drop listening rooms, elevated indie rock, Boston Herald, pure rock and roll screaming with childish joy, the deli, a little whimsical, clearly influenced by strong writing greats without losing her unique character and offbeat enough to always have a bit of an edge, Worcestershire Telegram, I hope I said that right. Ah, let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Nat? Natalie, whatever we want to do. Yeah, you call me whatever. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, it's Worcester, or if you're from Boston, it's Worcester. Worcester. Telegram. Worcester. There you go. There you go, kid. That's right. <laughs> um. So, how have you been during this crazy thing we call pandemic? <laughs> Well, I, I'm doing great. I was laughing. I was uh, talking to my girlfriend about I just got a new package from Amazon full of KN95 masks. And I was like, wow, this is where we're at in 2021, where you're like, woohoo, my new medical masks are in the mail. Uh, I can wear around my daily existence. But, you know, I'm I'm really happy that we are able to connect as much as we can these days. And I'm hoping that we can just be over this as soon as possible. So I'll just try to do my part, washing my hands, not touching my eyes after I go anywhere in public, you know. You ever try to not touch your face, Nat? You know how hard that is? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. Um, So that's why I have plenty of hand sanitizer and I wash my hands. I mean, there's certain things that you're so accustomed to doing. And all of a sudden, because there's this, you would think because there's this virus thing, you wouldn't be able to touch your face. But no, that doesn't, you know, I try. I try. That's all yeah. I can do. We yeah. can do. We can just try and, um, and stop doing that. Like I tell people, sometimes I lay in bed and I, I, I try to figure out if we're in 2021 or not, or we're in 1930s or 1950s. Because when you think of a pandemic type thing like work, going through right now you think oh that can only happen back then it wouldn't happen now and so mm, it's just mm-hmm. very surreal you know the things that we learn about one another during the pandemic one of the things I see is that you know we need physical touch that that's that, if anybody didn't learn that during the pandemic um it's like key we we need people around us um it's it's you know, you can't see family, friends, or whatever, and you see people through a screen. It's it's totally it's mind-boggling. 
um, how we got to this place. And, and hopefully, they said with a year, that hopefully all this will go away. I don't know. Um, but all we can do is just follow the guidelines and do our thing. Now, during the pandemic, did you do any live streaming? Oh, I did a lot of it. And the outpouring from my fans and supporters was just incredible at first. Like, I started doing every Thursday, I would do a live stream. And the first couple shows, I was like, wow, this is better than gigging. I didn't have to go anywhere. And I think people were really feeling that, like, you know, when there's a disaster, look for the helpers. People were really feeling it for musicians who had to cancel tours, which I was among that um, Mm. group of people. And, and it was great. But then, you know, over time, the live stream experience, I think it just became difficult for me to feel like I was putting as much um, energy and quality out as I would in a room full of people, just because getting the audio and the video quality as, as stellar can be difficult but that said, I'm our ability to connect globally right now, and I'm looking at the tools of being able to live stream and create TikToks and, and post short stories and short clips and trying to really embrace that rather than fight it because it's going to be a multi-tiered approach, I think, to performing yeah. like from here on out. Things are different. Yeah, I like the fact that, you know, obviously the pandemic was bad, but um that it gave artists more avenues um, to be able to be seen and heard. Um, you know, I did a webinar on TikTok, and they were like, yeah, you know, if you're doing TikTok, you got to do five videos a day. I personally don't have time to do five videos a day. But um, what, what TikTokers really like, according to TikTok, is that they like authentic people, you know, authentic, authentic artists, authentic music, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of um, streaming platforms opened up a lot of doors for a lot of artists to be seen and heard. And it actually um, did a lot of good for some people. Um, But during the pandemic, also, people had time to self-reflect. So one of the questions I asked was this. You know, obviously, when you have time to self-reflect, you look at your surroundings, you look at your life, you try to decide who you want to be, what you want, don't want to be. And, you know, I had friends that decided to take a step back from work, you know, cut back on hours because they realized they weren't spending enough time with family and friends and stuff like that. So they're like, I've oh, got to put a hold on that. Some people decided to quit their jobs. They're like, this is not what I want to do. I'm not happy. I need to just do something that's more fulfilling. The earth itself was open, no pollution. Why? We weren't there. The animals and Mother Nature, they were like, oh, my God, this is great. The sky is open. Um, so, and then artists. I know some artists that decided to rebrand their whole catalog. They're just like, nope, I want to do something else. I want to be an effective player. Um, we know that the pandemic, obviously, a lot of people suffered. People died. People lost limbs. All kinds of things happened. It was bad. But at the same time, it opened us to really evaluate who we are as, as human beings, and specifically as artists. So during that time, did you uh, do any self-reflection? Did you think about uh, how you want to be perceived as an artist? Are you fine where you are? Yeah, that's that's a great uh, observation of, I think, a, a cosmic shift that mm. has been happening uh, or like a, a global shift in, yeah. in mindset. I was part of 
a indie film, uh, a roller derby horror flick called Valentine Crush. Mm. In um, in September, we filmed this movie. I, I did a couple songs for the soundtrack, and we shot a few music videos on set, but I also had my first speaking part in a film, and I learned to roller skate, and I was doing some stunts, and I just had an epiphany when I was on set that I needed to be an actor. Right. So that's been a really great uh, thing to pour myself into. Like I started out with zoom acting class because <laughs> we were all yeah. separate and it's acting for film and, and screen. So I guess it's okay to be performing for your, right. your computer screen, but it's great to have done uh, a lot of in-person projects as well. And I also feel like as a musician, it was really lovely to kind of, okay, not touring right now, not being out around people, but I can focus on this new craft of acting and learn as much as I can about that. And now that War in the Living Room, my record is coming out, I'm comfortable not throwing everything into acting, but being like really focused on being a musician again. So I guess that's hopefully an answer to your question, but I think it's really nice to dabble in different things and have different interests and yeah. feel like it feeds my guitar playing. If I learn more about scene studies and if I watch really good actors work, then it makes me want to approach my songwriting or my performance of a song, the emotion in it, it from maybe a more genuine place. I think it all feeds into each other. Yeah, I um I actually signed up for a bunch of things also for the acting stuff. Um, but I have so much going on. I signed up for stuff, and then it goes by the wayside, and I'm like, um, okay, I need to get back to that somehow. There's just not enough hours in the day for me to be able to do everything I want to do. So, um, but yeah. I, I completely understand going into a different um, avenue of the business. That's congratulations. Good for you. Do it all, I say. If you can, do it yeah. all. I um, think there's, have you heard the phrase, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life? Amen. And that phrase is so I, I mean, I don't know that I agree with it, but I think that if you are passionately pursuing something, if you have mm-hmm. a lot of interest and passion and joy for what you're yeah. doing, then it's like the hours go by and you don't know exactly. and, and that kind of work. I think we have endless energy, but yeah, there's not enough hours in the day to do it all. We need 10 lifetimes, I think, to do it all. I know. Um, so what was it about the music industry that made you say, whoa, I've got to do this. Was it something that you heard, something that you watched where you were just like, you know what? Music is in me. I got to do it. <laughs> well, um, I started playing guitar when I was 14. I actually was really into the band Blink-182 at the time. I think that was the first time that I really tapped into music uh, where I just wanted to crank it up and, and jump around my bed. And like, uh, and this uh, guy I had a crush on like play guitar. So I was like, how's that for like a, a power dyke move? I'm like, I'm going to learn to play guitar better than him. And then he'll for sure like me back. So I picked up guitar at 14 and just fell in love with, with writing my own songs, learning other people's songs. And, um, you know, I, I play a lot of different instruments and I'm into looping and production and uh, I love singing. I think it's 
super joyful to be able to sing your own voice just like a fingerprint there's nobody else in the world that has your your singing voice and so i would say music's like a rabbit hole i can just keep falling deeper and deeper into it keeps getting better the longer i'm at it no and i completely understand where you're coming from um music music is my saving grace that's all i know um Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, I mean, when you're happy, sad, you're angry, you, you can sing and belt out something, you always feel better. Um, I know that works for me. What, how important is it for you to be authentic um, in your music as an artist? I think really important. And I, I think that's also why I haven't maybe gone the covers route as much as I know I'm capable of it and I I don't knock it at all. There's some incredible musicians who are doing covers, but I think for me, it feels like if I'm not um, really owning what I'm doing, then I don't want to do it. And also it's been, I want to learn as much about the production end of things and sound engineering and, you know, how all the different instruments are played so that, not in like a control freak kind of way, but in a like, if I'm captain of the ship, I need to know what all the different parts of the people making the boat sail, how that works, you know? And um, if, if the production seems cheesy or something, then I'm like not going to do it. So it's, it's an evolution and there's certainly things that I've put out now, you know, or like records when I was like 17 that are like cringe worthy, but um, but then there's also stuff that if I'm in a certain kind of mood, I'll go back and listen to music that's years old and I'll be like, you know what, this sounds, can I, can I cuss on this show? Right. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do okay. It. Sounds, sounds pretty fucking good. You know, <laughs> we're like, that's, that's beautiful to in, in your lifetime, get to have an idea and then go express it. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, what is your songwriting process like um and if you get writer's block how do you deal with it yeah I would say there's not one process sometimes I just create a little quiet space alone in a room with an acoustic or an electric guitar and and words and music kind of pour out of me and I I'm really grateful to the voice memo feature that I can sometimes I just make stuff up and it's pretty good and then I write it down and and refine the song later other times I'll be working on a song for two or three hours and feel like I don't really get anywhere with it and then once I've given up I'll write a good song in like 10 minutes so I I, I think it's a craft (laughs) yeah I love it it's a craft and it's a muscle and I've also done some of the Nashville co-writing thing where you get together with someone you sort of know or don't know at all and and in three hours, you write a song, and, and I'm into building the muscle, and I'm into working your chops on the craft, but I also think my best creativity is when I'm just kind of a conduit, and I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but it felt good. <laughs> I, or maybe authentic would be the word. It felt authentic, you know? I always, I become so productive in the shower. Now, yeah. if I can remember the crap once I walk out, you know, people are like, oh, just have your cell phone there and stuff like that. And I'm like, um, no. 
Uh, I'm trying to create this device that you can put in the shower that's waterproof, and it and then it, it deletes the sound of the water, and then you can just sing, and all your ideas come to fruition on this. Okay. <laughs> because my God, wow. Stop. And then I walk out and I try to repeat it, and I'm like, oh my God, I don't, I don't remember. That and quick, it, huh? You grab the towel and it's gone. You can load over <laughs> and it's like, um, I'm getting older and it's kind of crazy. Um, so things just don't sit in my head that well anymore. Well, yeah. Steve Jobs good. was a was a meditator. Yeah. And um, I read an article that was questioning like if he had an iWatch or an Apple Watch, whatever they call it, would he have like started apps or would he have been too distracted with like a text came in or oh I got an email or what's the temperature. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you had your device in the shower, device sounds maybe misleading. But your your microphone, you wouldn't you wouldn't get creative because you'd be like, I have to be productive. I'm in the shower. I better come up with something great. Maybe it's that there's no pressure that you're just well, open to it. Well, the thing is, is that the device would be there, right? And so I, you know, you get in, you might forget that the device is there, and that you know you all relax and you start singing like, wait a minute, boom. My device is right there. I can just click a button. That's what I'm trying to do. I, you know, and I asked somebody else, I said, I don't understand why. Because several people have told me the same thing, that they love to sing in the shower. They come up with great ideas. And one person said, it's, it's probably because you're alone, or maybe you're not alone, um, and you're just more relaxed, and the, and the water is so soothing. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think um, it's a good idea. I'll meet you on Shark Tank. We can we can pitch it together. I'm listen. I need to do this thing. I think it'd be like a bestseller. <laughs> great idea. It'll work. It'll work. All right. So we're going to play your song. Your song, Broke Stone. Tell me what that's about. Uh, yeah, it's called Broke Stoned in 23, and it's. Uh, about a time in your life when you maybe have nothing and no plan, but you have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I was 31 when I wrote the song. And, you know, looking back, sometimes shit gets really serious and really heavy. This is This whole record is kind of about going through a divorce and having mm. things just fall apart that you thought were locked in literally right. forever. <laughs> and yeah. your whole um, uh, aspect of who you think you are and what you think you're supposed to do for someone else. or And when everything call, gets called into question, which maybe on a global level it really has for everyone now that we're living in a new normal when we get excited when medical masks come in the mail. Um, right. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's relatable and and also I liked what you were saying about music when you're sad, happy, angry. I think this song definitely takes some twists and turns and hopefully you can dance it out but also like feel the emotion. Right. All right, well let's play it. Sweet. Even in the dark 
Because there's usually a crafty with free snacks. All right, I like that. I like that. That's honest. Um, and no, but honestly, like that's a silly answer. But I do take a certain kind of joy about. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I grew up like kind of a poor kid. But like when you when you have exclusive access to somewhere, or you're like this hotel room, a festival paid for it. You know, like. Right. This flight, yeah. I didn't even pay for it. That feels really great. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when you don't have to pay for stuff. You know, so I have yeah. you know, friends that are like, no, I can't do. No, I don't have. I don't have problems doing it. Uh huh. Because you if you don't have the money, somebody wants to buy. Why not? <laughs> uh, that's a blessing to me. It's a pure, unadulterated <laughs> blessing. So I get it. Yeah. Now, what would you consider? What is your genre? I know you're a singer-songwriter. I play, I play indie rock. Indie rock. And 
how are women perceived in the indie rock genre? Whew, you want me to be the representative for all women? Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified for that, but I I would say that I've been involved with girls rock since I was 15 and have gone on to teach and volunteer for different girls rock uh, country and also just as a human who's been to thousands of shows and played tons of shows on tons of bills. I think there's still more men than women in the industry, but it's from the time when I was first getting started and you were maybe assumed you were a singer if you were a woman and you showed up. I don't see that as much now there. You don't know if, if she's running sound or if she's, going to be the drummer or the upright bass player or you know whatever uh i think there's plenty of really kick-ass women and Amen. cool dudes so i'll work with everybody yeah i mean i work with everybody i'm open you know nikki and i started sisters in music because you know we want to show that women can work together although <laughs> there's some instances it seems that you can't um I, we also <laughs> talk about the, the the fact that in the music industry and some other industries, you know, they often try to pit women against each other. You know, the way you look, the way you dress, the way you sound. Oh, you have to be like this. You have to be like that. I'm not, I'm not one for that. And I don't, I'm not one for diva behavior either. You know, we're each doing our own thing. I don't believe that there's somebody above us or somebody below us. I think that, um, we're on the same playing field, you know, we may be doing different genres. We may be trying to do things differently, but this platform is big enough for all of us, all of us to be able to, you know, share our music and re and, and congratulate one another when something happens for us. I'm always congratulating people. I don't have a problem with it. When somebody else is doing something great or they've achieved great, something else is going to happen for somebody else. It's like that in the universe. Um, and I think we, it's important for us, our mindset there. I mean, if there's too much going, there's too much like bad stuff going on in the world that I can't focus on bad. I just have to be positive and, and know things are just going to work itself out, even with women. It's interesting because I've reached out to some women organizations that say they support women and they, they just like turn their backs because if you're not at a certain level, they just won't talk to you. See, that's, that's bullshit. That mm. is that is the BS. Uh, fine. But that's true. That's the reality of some things as well. So you know what? You just look at it and you move on and you say, you know what? There are plenty of other people, organizations that we've um, interviewed and they've been lovely, giving us fantastic information on how to work together and promo and market and do all this crazy stuff that we have to do in this music industry. Now, you say... Right. You are a multi-instrumentalist. Tell me. I do say that. What do you play? Uh, I play drums. That was my first instrument. I beatbox. <laughs> See? <laughs> and um, I play bass, guitar, ukulele, uh, piano, synthesizer, banjo, triggering things <laughs> uh, I just picked up a Rajao in um, Portugal which is like a Portuguese version of a ukulele with five strings 
Mm. I play a little charango, which that's a instrument from South America that's got uh, eight strings. And so I haven't really dabbled with um, like woodwinds or yeah. brass or like uh, violin, cello. I, I like to hire people who have gone through the painful learning process on those instruments. But yeah, pretty much if it's got, if it's got frets or if I can make beats or, you know, I got a piano right here, you know, like I want to play it. I want to know how it works. Cool. Um, Cause I play nothing. My, uh, my vocals are my, um, is my, is my instrument. And I, I, I tell everybody this, I've had a, a smart keyboard in a box for mm, four years now that's supposed to be open never open i am going to open it though okay i'm starting to see a theme (laughs) i'm going to open it damn it um but uh i mean it's just crazy i've been oh i gotta do that i tried to learn how to play guitar but i felt like i was a contortionist um i was just like oh my god how am i going to my body was just it wasn't fixed. I don't know. It wasn't situated right. And then I just learned from one of my friends, you know, they do make uh, guitars for women. And so I may go back and try to dabble in that, but I definitely need to sure. try the keyboard that's been in the house for about four years and not open. Well, I think music's a language. And if you already speak one, well, you know, mm. and as a drummer, they say, if you can say it, you can play it, you know, as you break down yeah. complex beats and understand things. Um, like getting your four limbs to move independently of each other is sometimes really weird. So like you say it, you could play it. And then if you can, if you can sing it, then you can maybe find those notes on an instrument. I'm sure you'll get there with your smart keyboard. <laughs> yeah. I got to do it. I got to do it. Uh, what's the one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Hmm. That's a loaded question, I know. I think that you don't have to, hmm, well, how I want to phrase this, it's okay to say no. Amen. Amen. So I think there's this feeling, especially when you're first getting started, that any opportunity, you must take it. Or um, when I was in my early 20s, I was playing New York City like every month while I lived in Boston and I worked as a barista so I would like get off my shift at three and drive to New York City load in play the gig get a beer with a friend afterwards and then drive home get back to Boston for like 5 a.m. take a shower and then go to work at 6 a.m. like I used to do that right every month because I (laughs) thought I needed to break New York and if I didn't commit to like that insane level of trying to make stuff happen, it wasn't going to happen. And, and I, you know, I love music so much and I love being able to be self-employed and make my own schedule and Mm. it's worth it for me to sacrifice. But I think you actually are cutting yourself off a bit from your true potential. If you operate from that sort of like desperation almost, and it's better to wait for the right opportunity, the right show pops up in New York. Maybe you take the next morning off so you can sleep in and go explore some Brooklyn brunch spot. And then you make some connection with someone who has a label. And you, you know what I mean? Like there's 
there's easier ways to go about it than total yeah. balls to the wall, no, you know, no, making you. it happen. I hear you. Um, so we're yeah. gonna play. We're gonna play gray sky blue. Tell us what that love about. it. Um, <laughs> gray sky blue. I wrote on a balcony in northern Germany while I was touring there, and um, I think it's one of the best songs I've ever written, and I I just came up with it in in one go. It was one of those uh, just I was feeling a lot of stuff and going through a lot, and and out it came. Okay, well let's play it then. I'm eager. Rock on. All right.
Rock out, man. Rock out. I like it. I like it. I like it. Now, what is something that you tried to do and it didn't pan out, and what did you learn from it? A lot of self-reflection on this interview. (laughs) I think... I I'm not sure I want to say didn't pan out mm-hmm. because even if something's like potentially a failure, it uh well, it's funny you that learn you something use, from it, right? It's funny that you use the word failure because I hate to use that word because the question is actually what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? I just don't like I don't believe in failure. I believe that you mm. can learn from something. So if you can learn from something, it's actually not a failure. You know, you, you were meant to experience that thing so you could learn from it, obviously. Yeah, I think perhaps taking on some shows or uh, heading into certain business agreements in the music industry have been maybe not the wisest idea or... Right. In hindsight, there were maybe red flags about a certain promoter or a certain, um, you know, gig that could have been like, ah, maybe not. Or maybe I shouldn't tour with this other band or, you know, but honestly, I think it's all gravy. And when I think about where I'm at now and, and what I've achieved in the past, I just, I feel really blessed. And I feel like I've, I've been really lucky and things are, are panning out and I'm ready for them to even keep getting better and better. Why not? Well, I like that answer. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful answer. Uh, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Advil, coconut water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we're talking I kid, about... But- be careful, kids. There's a lot of booze on the tours. They're going to give you alcohol. They may not pay you, but they are going to give you PBRs. Oh, yeah. um, I, I would say that Music Cares has been a really huge, really amazing nonprofit. They're run by the Grammy Association. They've helped me out with, like, some dental expenses that, you know, we're going to be pricey and have... I just got some custom earplugs from them and they're just really rad. And um, I also would recommend any original artist to try to form a relationship with their PRO so that as songwriting royalties are out there in the world, you have someone that cares that's collecting them and also that's, that's invested in your development as a songwriter. And then uh, finally this, this website, Indie on the Move, Uh, these two brothers started it and it's basically like the Yelp for music venues and it made my life so much easier as I was booking my own tour uh, you know or my own tours like years ago and um, I think for the past three maybe four years I've actually freelanced for uh, Indie on the Move and it's been just awesome to help other artists learn how to tour and get on the road and to feel like I'm part of an organization that's, uh, you know, really delivers on what they say they're offering, you know? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking at their website now. I, I've heard of India on the Move because I think that 
one of the people that I use, um, BWH Music, they use them a lot. Um, so I'm going to tell more people about them. Like, you just reminded me of stuff that I needed to do. I mean, the other thing you talked about, BMI. Yeah, thank you for that, Kristen. And you're just adding more yeah. to um, You know? I, just, I, I appreciate it. I really do. Um is um so, so I signed up this past year to do song trust. If song trust is another one that um gets um your royalties from like in Europe and all that stuff and so I have to upload my music to that. Um it's 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 totally it's, it's, it's like tedious. It's it's a lot of work. Um and then the other thing that I was doing oh I have to write this one too down is um so there's another company, I can't remember what it's called, I'm gonna have to look for it, but it's one that has all of your lyrics. I can't remember what it's called right now, but um, you just upload all your lyrics to them. And they, I don't know, I don't know if they copyright. I don't know what they do do with them. What is it called? It they, are they out. searching for your lyrics on the internet, or like are they posting in places if people want to find them? It's, it's, I think they post them in places if people want to find them. So, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's a place I need to. Um, um, I, let me tell you, I must have emailed them like four or five months ago, and I still haven't done that. Damn, my life is so crazy. So one of the things I like to tell people is that if you're getting into this music business, it is a lot of damn work. It is a lot of damn work. So how do you manage everything? I mean, all your social media platforms, doing everything, because we have to be on every damn platform. It's just crazy just to be seen and heard. Well, I mean, I think it's a personal choice about how much uh, mm. folks want to do or where they want to be and I don't think you can do it all that's again the no. whole like knowing when it's okay to say no and and also um, I think as people are growing their their brand or their music um, or maybe they are juggling like a you know a personal life or a, mm-hmm. another job like it's okay to outsource yeah. Like what you were saying with um, the royalty stuff, like find a company that can help make it more simple for you. Or I do not like doing publicity. I think it's amazing that we're doing this interview right now. But <laughs> for me, sending out press releases and, and trying yeah. to, you know, get features and stuff, like I, it doesn't really spark joy. And that's something where it's like, if that's someone's passion, please let me help you help me. <laughs> so yeah, then sometimes you have to know you know or um I'm working on a new music video and I reached out to someone about editing it and she does great work but I don't think it's in the budget for this video so right. I'm going to edit it myself so it's you there know you it's, it's wonderful everybody has pretty much access to an incredible tool if you have a cell phone or if you have a computer with internet access like you can do everything yourself but that doesn't yeah. mean that you should. Yeah. And I think maybe just the more you do it, mm-hmm. the more you can figure out how to prioritize and how to best leverage your time. Right. Very good. Very good. Um, good advice. Um, and last thing, what is a quote or message or whatever you like to use uh, to push you throughout the day, the year, the month, the minute, if you use one? I love the mantra, things are always working out for me. Even oh, when something goes bad, just say, things are always working out for me. And then when something goes great, you're like, see, I told you, things are always working out for me. And I just like to keep that in my mind. That is a great mantra. 
I think I'm going to use that also. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's very positive that things are always working out for me. That's right. I'm going to say that a hundred million times a day. Things are always working out for me. Amen. 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 Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. It was a joy. I learned so much about you. Um, you rock. You're yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad we were able to get together. I think I'm going to stalk you. Um, <laughs> follow your music and follow everything that you do. Um, you're all inspiring. And I can't Well, wait. thank you. It was a pleasure. And I hope we can connect for a show or a chat or something yeah. sometime soon. Yeah, let's do it. You know, next time I'm in Nashville, I'll have to look you up. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right, everyone. That was chatting with Nat. That was singer summer. Multi-instrumentalist Kristen Ford. Follow her. Find her. She's at www.kristenfordmusic.com. She's awesome. She's interesting. Just Google her. That's what I tell people. Just Google. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.